Anywho, you are listening to Lavender Hill here on KZM Lincoln, KZM HD 89.3 on the FM and online at KZM.org. Or perhaps you're using one of those handy dandy smarter than a calculator devices and listening using your favorite mobile listening app like TuneIn or Next Radio or even Amazon Alexa. I know Sir uh, Fluffy Bunny does that from time to time down in the Carolinas. Uh, or you could be listening up to two weeks after original broadcast date thanks to the KZUM archives, which can be found online at www.kzum.org slash archives. Well, I was hoping to get into some music to get things started here just so I could fully switch around to what's going on. But, oh, hey, well, hey, something that I started over an hour, oh, over two hours ago finally came up on the computer. Maybe that's been the problem. I don't know. But, hey, we got through the last show without a hitch. We'll get through this one without too much trouble, I'm sure. All righty. So, as my voice decides it wants to not cooperate for a moment, and that's going to be oh so much fun because you get to listen to me ramble on about news and views and things that affect the LGBTQIA SOGI community. And we're going to dive into what's going on in Georgia to start us out. According to an article on LGBTQNation.com, Daniel of uh, Villarreal, writing on uh, Friday, April 29th, 2022, Georgia's governor signs three anti-LGBTQ laws into effect as a partial bid to aid his re-election campaign. No big surprise there. Uh, but uh, in a bid to prove his conservative credentials and win re-election against his far-right opponents, Georgia's Governor Brian Kemp signed three anti-LGBTQ bills into law on Friday. The bills and their effects are as follows. HB 1084, the Protect Students First Act, bans so-called critical race theory from schools and establishes a committee that could ban trans athletes from school sports. HB 1178, the so-called Parents' Bill of Rights, allows parents to challenge any material taught in schools, including LGBTQ content and SB 226 bans offensive books from school libraries, including ones with queer content. I would wager to say that one of my favorite books out there called Looking Queer would be one of those that's banned, and that is a collection of essays from the late 90s, early 2000s from people that fall onto the LGBTQIA, etc. spectrum and talking about body image issues. Uh, for those of you who may be listening in the Lincoln area, you can find a copy of that at the LGBTQIA Resource Center at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Uh, you know, I'm very happy that they have a copy of that there. The editor of that uh, used to be a good old friend of mine and haven't seen her since shortly after that book came out. I might have to go see if I can track her down. Anyways, alrighty. So, yeah, these bills down in Georgia are going to have some massive effect on not just the citizens of Georgia, but as many of our not-so-great southern states have been doing over the last few years, really putting a crimp in how the LGBTQIA SOGI community can exist down there. But not quite as far south. There's been a trans equality win from one of our neighbors in Kansas. Yes. The Kansas governor, uh, Laura Kelly, as I talked about last week, had uh, said that she would not allow for a trans ban on 
uh, sports and other activities in public schools. And there was a law that was passed to that effect, but the uh, legislature there tried to override her decision with a veto. It failed. Yes. Kansas actually is a little bit more progressive than we thought. The Kansas House failed to override Governor Laura Kelly's veto of a transgender sports ban, blocking the measure from becoming a law. Kansas SB 160 passed earlier this month, banning transgender girls from participating in school sports as their gender. The bill does not similarly restrict transgender boys, which has always confused me. Almost all these trans sports bans have been for transgender girls and women makes no sense if you're going to ban one try to ban the other oh wait a minute you fail at banning even the one at least down in kansas you did uh the bill didn't didn't specify how sex will be determined leaving it to the school districts to have decided but that's kind of you know a moot point now at least for the rest of this legislative session we'll just have to wait and see what they try to do next year all righty well if the computer will cooperate with me we may actually be able to get into some music here so that i can do what i wanted to do at the top of the show and i think this is kind of appropriate with some of the stuff that i've got on the agenda today romanoski and phillips off of their be political not polite we're going to hear when heterosexism strikes all righty there that was romanoski and phillips with their title track from be political not polite and yeah you can hear a lot from that album when i'm talking politics at least i didn't go with the uh, actual title track there did i that was when heterosexism strikes i got my wires crossed hey not the first time and it won't be the last time but we'll just see what we can do and speaking of getting wires crossed we're far enough into the show now that i can actually do a uh, correction and retraction not very often I have to do that, but everybody, not just me, everybody in LGBTQIA news reporting jumped the gun on something, unfortunately. Misha did not come out. Everybody thought he did. I'm talking about the actor who played Castiel on Supernatural. He claims he missed when he was talking to his fans and we'll just leave it at that but he uh, did want that retraction put out through all of the news services that carried it because he does support the community but he himself is not part of it and we'll just leave that there <laughs> that was talked about at the end of last week's show if anybody's tuned in right now going what is he talking about yeah Misha Collins hey Loved his character, loved the show, and he was a great guy all around otherwise. But anywho, all right, so Representative Mean Jean Schmidt, according to an article here from Alex Bollinger on LGBTQNation.com, again from Friday the 29th, uh, said that 13-year-old girls who get pregnant because of rape should think less about themselves and more about their fetus. So she's of the same school of thought as so many other conservatives out there, usually much older, that, uh, hey, God must have willed it to happen. Okay, yeah, so that's uh, if you're wondering who Mean Jean Schmidt is, she's the author of Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. So... Yeah, or, yeah, author of that, and she's also the author of similar bills in Ohio. Ohio State Representative is what she is. She's come under fire for saying that getting pregnant as a result of rape is an opportunity for the rape, rape victim to be a mother 
and help her rapist child be a productive human being. Schmidt used to be a member of the U.S. House, where she earned a reputation for insult and vitriolic statements. Uh, she lost a primary challenge in 2012. That's why she's not representing her state there in D.C. But she is definitely making a comeback, unfortunately. And she did get elected to the state legislature in 2020. And earlier this year, she introduced Ohio's Don't Say Gay Bill. She introduced HB 598, which would ban abortion completely in Ohio if Roe v. Wade gets overturned by the Supremes. And during debate about the bill, her colleague, State Representative Rich Brown, a Democrat, asked her if the bill would require a 13-year-old rape victim to carry her rapist child regardless of any emotional or psychological damage or trauma that may be inflicted upon this 13-year-old girl. That's a quote from Mr. Brown there. Uh, Jean responded with, The rape is a difficult time, but if a baby is created, it is a human life. She said that abortion wouldn't make, quote, the scars of rape go away. So there's really no reason to not force the victim to go with it. Note the phrasing there now. Of course, that was not her words exactly. There's some paraphrasing going on there. Uh, Mr. Bollinger uh, was you know, putting his own little spin on things like just about any news commentator does. But uh, yeah, so I hope she doesn't make too much of a comeback when it comes to politics. I would not personally want to see somebody of that flavor, if you will, representing anybody on the national level. But the Wachowskis, we're going to get into some entertainment news here. We got to go into entertainment once in a while. The Wachowskis are uh, in the news because they've donated a whole bunch of their sci-fi treasures to help transgender youth. The uh, transgender sci-fi film directors Lily and Lana Wachowski are auctioning off their personal memorabilia to help at-risk trans youth children through pop singer Ariana Grande's Protect and Defend Trans Youth Fund. Uh, over this weekend, uh, Lily Wachowski wrote via Twitter, uh, Hi, yous. So me and Lana have been doing some spring cleaning at our Raiders of the Lost Ark warehouse and have happily decided to pass on some of the best treasures we've been collecting over the years. No Ark of the Covenants, but some pretty major and magical artifacts. See? <laughs> I hope you have enjoyed watching their uh, Matrix series over the years, uh, especially their most recent release, uh, as themselves being involved in it. But uh, there are certain items from the Matrix that will be appearing in their online auction, including art, props, posters, and production materials from their past films, uh, also including Cloud Atlas, Jupiter Ascending, Sense8, and Speed Racer. The items include costumes, futuristic-looking firearms, eye-catching statuettes, and trophies the directors have received for their work. So yeah, you want to get a little piece of, of the action there. You might be able to do that. Uh, you know, look for that online and see what may be going on with that. Uh, looks like they are taking online bids through May 12th. So got a little bit of time left. All proceeds will go to the Protect and Defend Trans Youth Fund by Ariana Grande. And now I really wish I had some of her music with me to play. <laughs> but hey, take my gay card away if you want to. I don't have any of her music. It is what it is, right? But, uh, you know, 
I'm kind of in the mood for some music here. I'm a little out of sorts today because it's been a weird one with the Lincoln Marathon going on and having to get myself up before the chickens to make sure that I got here on time, which was still no problem. Oh, well, I've been enjoying myself. It's nice to come into a nice, quiet, empty studio and just get all into the groove and then have a guest that distracts you so well that you forget what that you've got to finish planning for the next show so anywho how about we have some indigo girls since i don't have very any uh very honest music we can hear from the indigo girls uh with hope alone all righty there some indigo girls with hope alone from their album uh became you uh i'm really glad that deb gave me that little bit of a nudge a couple of weeks ago to make sure that i had some of their music in my collection because you know that was one of the ones that was lacking i'm like wait a minute they've been around for a long time and i don't have any of their music i gotta fix that okay so how about we uh hop across the pond and we're not going to go to England this time. We're going to go to Ireland. You know, one of the, the places I would like to go rather than England right now. Uh, the founder of Northern Ireland's first LGBT plus rugby team. So we got some sports news here. But this isn't the greatest of sports news. Faces charges of sexual abuse. According to pinknews.co.uk, with uh, Lily Wakefield writing for them today, May 1st, Kevin Bartlett, founder of Northern Ireland's first LGBT plus rugby team, has been accused of sexual abuse by two alleged victims. Bartlett faces two charges, sexually assaulting a male and causing him to engage in sexual activity without consent in relation to a first alleged victim. And the crimes are alleged to have been carried out in December 2020. When the charges were filed, he pleaded not guilty to both counts. But on Wednesday, the 27th, Antrim Court heard that a second alleged victim had come forward. In this case, charges included five counts of sexual assault, alleged to have taken place between February and June of 2020, meaning he is now facing a total of nine charges, according to the Belfast Telegraph. A fresh indictment has now been drawn up, which includes all nine charges against him. The 61-year-old is a sports massage therapist who founded the Belfast uh, Aslan's northern ireland's first lgbt plus rugby team he is also an athlete himself having competed in athletics uh, badminton and rugby and brought home a gold medal for the gay games in vancouver back in 1990. the sports enthusiast has advocated for greater acceptance of lgbtq plus people in sports and told the bbc in, in a 2020 interview so while this was allegedly happening i've come across homophobic comments it's not that long ago we've heard even famous people People making homophobic comments and I've heard them muttered in the background I've heard them said actually blatantly on a pitch etc etc a nice long quote from him from that interview so yeah dude you're pushing for this but you're allegedly participating in activities that really make the the uh, the homophobes out there feel justified for not wanting our participation in sports you know, it's bad enough that there are coaches and uh, sports uh, figures that abuse the children under their care. 
But when you're an activist for the LGBT community and you abuse your own athletes, or are at least accused of it, then it really makes things difficult for the rest of the world to take us seriously. The timing of this coming across my screen is quite apropos. I just watched a uh, season three episode of NCIS New Orleans that dealt with similar issues. And it seems like every time something like this comes across my feed, I've watched something in uh, you know popular media that addresses it. Uh, you've heard me talk over the years when it comes to conversion therapy about the uh, Criminal Minds episode that focused on that, or uh, you know sports personages abusing their uh, their athletes after you know watching shows or newscasts about things like Sandusky. This unfortunately isn't really going away, people, but we got to pay attention so that we can help protect our youth so that this doesn't happen all the time anymore. All righty. Well, you're going to hear me do a little bit of rambling as I make sure I get some things set up here. But hey, if you've been listening to Lavender Hill at all for the last decade, then you know I'm really good at rambling and fill in the time, right? Uh, well, this afternoon, the uh, Star City Pride Board is having a public meeting, and you can find out about uh, attending that. I believe it's going to be, and I'll confirm it before the end of the show, but I believe it's going to be uh, uh, downtown at that wonderful little nonprofit hub that everybody enjoys, that not just uh, has office space for uh, Star City Pride, but also has office space for Out Nebraska and several other nonprofits. But uh, yeah, it is open to the public, and they're going to be making some decisions uh, as things are getting, you know, some almost last minute decisions here as you think about it, because things are getting really close for Star City Pride. Uh, but we are going to hopefully have one or more of them joining us here either in the studio or via Zoom next week or the week after to talk about some of what's coming up for Star City Pride this year and the second annual in-person Star City Pride parade around the Capitol building. Looking forward to participating in that in whatever way I get to this year. It was a lot of fun last year being one of the first co-grand marshals for the parade and, uh, you know, just being out there and seeing all you wonderful people that came out. I mean, it was huge. And we we're hoping for even huger this year. And as you know, KZM's been involved with Star City Pride events since the beginning. And I've been involved for at least the last decade because, well, Deb conned me into it, uh, I think, even before Lavender Hill began uh, to, to come in and sit at the table and all that, help her out. So that's what we get to do now is all that fun stuff. And I get to figure out what I'm going to do to help us all celebrate pride here from KZUM. So we're going to be having all kinds of fun stuff going on. And hey, you know what started today? No, you don't. Give to Lincoln started today. It's a way for you to donate to your favorite nonprofit like, oh, say KZUM and make your buck go a little bit further. Starting today, you can visit kzum.org and make a donation to support a commu uh, the community media here in Lincoln at KZUM, and your donation will go just a little bit further with a proportional percentage match by the Give to Lincoln Funds Pool, uh, the fund drive uh, that we are doing on air with you officially starts on May 9th. 
But that doesn't mean you have to wait. Go to kzm.org now and make that piece of our pie a little bit bigger by donating. Uh, you know, use the safe, secure donation server there that actually redirects you right now to the Give to Lincoln uh, donation site so that you can find out a little bit more about what's going on along the way. So, you know, put your, your uh, money where your ears are. That's what my good friend, the Mama Dragon, likes to say. And support community radio and support what it is that we do here to bring this community a little bit closer together each and every day. All righty. Well, I think I managed to ramble and get my time filled here so I know what I'm doing next, which is, of course, taking a station break. And then we'll have some more music. So keep on listening here to Lavender Hill and KZUM, your community radio station. Alrighty, that was our friends Otter Creek with Sometimes You Just Know, and that's off of their album The Fiddle Preacher. I'm going to stick across the pond for a little while here because there seems to be a whole lot going on in the UK. And it's not necessarily good stuff either. You've heard me talk the last couple of weeks at least, if not longer, about the the whole conversion therapy debate. You know, last week I actually had some positive stuff. The week before that, not so positive. It's like, okay, well, I'm suddenly realizing just how many major, quote-unquote, major countries there are out there that have their own version of uh, Adult 45 in power. Uh, and, yeah, Boris Johnson's not a whole lot better than uh, the insane Tribble was. Uh, <laughs> according to an article from pinknews.co.uk, sorry, I've got uh, guess, uh, a friend in the studio who's trying not to laugh too loudly to be picked up by the microphone. But, uh, hey, our, our friend Deb uh, out there, different Deb, not the women's show Deb, uh, first time she heard me say Dolt 45 on the air, she about ran off the road she was listening while driving she was laughing so hard but anywho so yeah you're not the only one oh there's not a box of tissues to wipe the uh, the tears of laughter away okay so anywho over in the uk there have been a lot of things going on with conversion therapy good and bad and this is some more protests over the you know abrupt whiplash-inducing U-turns that have been going on from the UK government. Uh, according to an article by Jake Hall that was published today on Pink News, uh, furious protesters take to streets against government's cruel conversion therapy U-turn. Like I said, it's kind of whiplash-inducing. Uh, these were, uh, we have the power, we have the pride, trans people united side by side. I like that little chant there. These were the words that rang through the square outside Sheffield City Hall on Saturday the 30th as the sunlight blazed down on activist placards hundreds of protesters gathered to demand the government enact a full ban on conversion therapy. As we know from previous uh, discussions, there is a ban of conversion therapy for uh, the L, the G, and the B, but not for the T in the UK that's going to be enacted real soon. And, well, we need to have a full conversion ban across the globe, in my opinion. But, hey, one country at a time or one state at a time, as it seems to be going here in the U.S. Uh, the static demonstration was organized by a group of local grassroots activists, all of whom have asked to remain anonymous for their own protection, and I don't blame them right now. Uh, 
no, I'm not going to go there. Not going to go there. I'm not. I, I don't need to bring too much humor into things at the moment. But of course, underlining the importance of anonymity—that's a word I always get tangled up on—for uh, protesters, a spokesperson explained: many people aren't out as queer or trans. Many are victims to the hostile environment, and may have their migration status compromised. And others may have information used against them as social security claimants. So, yeah, there is a reason why, even in some of the most open-minded and progressive countries in the quote-unquote civilized world, there are many people who remain in the closet. As well, you got to protect where you're at. And as we well know, and yes, I did actually find a way to segue into what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. I didn't know that that would happen today or not, but I did find a way to segue into that. There are many refugees who have fled Ukraine after Russia's invasion, who fled for reasons not just of physical safety, but for political asylum because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Because if Russia wins this war over Ukraine... It won't be safe to be LGBTQIA in Ukraine, just like it's not safe to be so in Russia and hasn't been, oh, since pre-Soviet Union days, if even then. May have been a brief time where things felt better, but it just never really was all that safe after the fall of the Iron Curtain and still isn't. So, you know, you have immigrants from... Ukraine. You have immigrants from the Middle Eastern countries or from African countries who fled their home countries because of discrimination and persecution over their sexual orientation or gender identity. They're not all of them going to the UK. Some of them have come here to the United States as well and other more progressive if you will, countries, and I had to put that in there because, well, we all know what it's, you know, what was that Paula Abdul song, Two Step Forward, Three Steps Back? Something like that. Uh, yeah, it seems like every time we take a step forward, we wind up going backwards as well. Well, yeah, so it's not just a thing here in the U.S. dealing with conversion therapy or dealing with trans rights issues. It's a thing all over the world. The U.K. is really, really getting their uh, neck out there. Uh, you know, the, uh, the activists are climbing out on that limb, hoping it doesn't snap under them while the uh, conservatives are, uh, you know, getting the hacksaws out. We all have experienced that in one way or another over the years and really need that to go away really will we see that happen in my lifetime i hope so and i really hope we see it in the lifetime of the of our youth that are out there all righty well speaking of youth involvement i've already mentioned the uh lgbtqia resource center at the university of nebraska lincoln but i want to remind you that they are there not just for the students faculty and staff regular community members can go to that office if they have no other place to go to reach out to find those resources that are available to them. Of course, Out Nebraska is a great way to find those resources as well. Uh, go to their website, outnebraska.org. Star City Pride also can get you in contact with some of those resources. And while you're you know, visiting their website, starcitypride.org, find out how you can volunteer to participate 
with Star City Pride and the Star City Pride Parade this year. Uh, Having said all of that, let's go ahead and have a little bit more music for you. And we're going to have some fun with this. This is one of my favorites from Matt Fischel. It's an original of his. Now, you hear me play finally uh, his cover. But this is Radio Friendly Pop Song. And it does have a story to say. All right. Radio, radio Friendly Pop Song by Matt Fischel there. Oh, hey, if you're not all that familiar with him, go ahead and Google him or you know, look him up on Safari, whatever it is you use. Uh, he's got some really fun stuff out there. Uh, And speaking of some fun stuff, and we're actually going to stick with the UK here for a minute with something kind of fun, interesting, and what? Because we're going to Antarctica when it comes to Britain. The British Antarctic Territory, to be specific. This is an article that I'm referencing from Saturday, April 30th by Bill Browning on LGBTQNation.com. With a historic first... Eric Bourne and Stephen Carpenter made history when they were married in the British Antarctic Territory, so the first same-sex couple to marry in Antarctica. Uh, With their wedding, same-sex couples have now legally wed on every continent on Earth. Uh, The men serve as stewards on the polar research vessel RSS Sir David Attenborough quite appropriately named there, I believe. Attenborough is a great conservationist. Uh, In photos shared by the British Antarctic Survey, the crew beams as they help the couple celebrate their big day. And, well, yeah, big day, and no matter what time of year, kind of a cold day. Uh, The men serve, uh, like I said, as stewards. They're the ship's captain. There we go. That's where I wanted to go. Uh, Of course, perform the ceremony, as the ship's captain would do. Uh, 30 crew members attended, and the ship's doctor provided live music. So they had live music there as well, which is great. Uh, Antarctica is such an incredible place, Carpenter said about their wedding. We have been together for 20 years, but now we've been to both been to Antarctica together. It felt like the perfect place for us to finally tie the knot. We've even had the coordinates of the wedding location engraved into our wedding rings. Nice. Um, And Bourne went on to say, we're both very proud to be the first same-sex marriage to happen in British Antarctic Territory. We feel very lucky to be able to live and work in such an incredible community and place together. It's like, hey, love wins no matter how much uh, weather might get in the way. (laughs) All righty. Well, that was a lot of fun to actually, you know, visit with them a little bit there through the article and uh, help them celebrate because, well, now every continent in the world has had at least one legal same-sex marriage. Now we just need to make it so that it's not really a big deal anymore. Right? I know with the current format, if you will, of the uh, United States Supreme Court, we may be facing a uh, battle again over marriage equality. All depends on how things go. Uh, perhaps the newest of the Supremes will be able to you know, help sway the balance a little bit more. Again, congratulations to Katanji. Uh, setting uh, history there as well as the first uh, woman of color to be appointed to the Supremes. So, wow, 10 minutes to go, only enough time for one more song, but what else can we talk about here? Hmm. We're actually going to let 
the internet kind of decide what's going to happen here. This could be a little bit dangerous. This could be... Oh, no, that's too dangerous. We're not going to go there. No. Ooh. How about some uh, back here in the U.S.? And kind of pertinent considering he's supposed to be in Greenwood this afternoon and evening. Donald Trump kind of got a little tongue-tied over something again. Uh, according to an article from last Wednesday, April 27th, Alex Bollinger writing on LGBTQNation.com, Donald Trump refuses to define woman. Then, this is where he gets a little twisted in what he's trying to say, and we're all used to that. Kovefi, ring a bell. Uh, he, after refusing to define what a woman is, said that a cis woman isn't a woman. I think he really got confused there. Uh, Donald Trump refused to define the word woman in an interview, despite Republicans spending the last several weeks mocking Justice-designate Ketanji Brown-Jackson for refusing to do the same. In March, Senator uh, Marsha Blackburn, a Republican from Tennessee, asked Jackson to provide a definition of woman at her Senate confirmation hearing, to which Jackson replied, I can't, not in this context, I'm not a biologist. Uh, Right-wingers have been criticizing her ever since, even if they haven't been providing great definitions themselves. So Piers Morgan decided to ask Trump to provide a definition. I'm not going to respond to that, he said, before his answer just got weird. A woman is a... A woman is somebody that swims at a certain time and doesn't get beaten by 38 seconds by somebody that wasn't even a good swimmer as a male, Trump said, getting visibly angry over the question. What does that have to do with defining a woman? I don't know. Uh, Trump was, though, probably referring to University of Pennsylvania swimmer Leah Thomas, who is transgender. Thomas won the 1,650-yard uh, freestyle at the Zippy Invitational with second-place finisher Anna uh, Kalandez. I know I butchered that one. I do apologize. Finishing the race 38 seconds behind Thomas. Thomas finished the race in about 16 minutes. And you know how long it would take me to finish that race? Try at least 160 minutes. <laughs> uh, but Trump didn't say that Thomas wasn't a woman. Instead, he said that, well, when you get beaten by 38 seconds, you're not a woman. I think he really got himself confused there. And I think this may be a little bit more confused than the... 3 a.m. Kavefi tweets from the gold-plated toilet in the Oval Office. Oh, and don't even get me started on Twitter with Elon Musk. We don't have time for that today. <laughs> but, yeah, if you really want to try to figure out what Trump was saying, you know, if you really want to try to figure out what he was saying, you can go to LGBTQNation.com and find that article. I'm going to try to get all of today's links that I've uh, addressed posted over to our Facebook page for Lavender Hill. And, uh, you know, it's just going to be a little bit of the hair of the dog if that's going to happen today because, well, if I had it to play, I'd play it hand me down my running shoes because of the marathon my brain is just kind of all over the place and i can't even keep up with it let alone those wonderful runners out there but congratulations to everybody who came to lincoln or from lincoln who is participating in the uh marathon today finishing is all that really matters participating is almost as good depending on who you are maybe even better
because maybe it's your first time. All righty. Well, stay tuned here to KZUM for all kinds of wonderful programming, including the women's show, where I guess I'm going to be sitting in for at least 30 minutes of it, uh, playing a little bit of musical tag with Deb Anderson, as Twyla's not going to be able to be here for her interview segment this week. Uh, and Courtney Knorr is going to be sitting in for the rest of the show with Deb, uh, playing music by for and about women. Uh, hey, Deb's been around doing this much longer than I have, and I'm really glad that she's part of our community as well as all of those wonderful listeners out there. Hope you've enjoyed today with uh, my kind of all-over-the-place commentary. Hey, it happens. It's all kinds of fun. But I know you're not going on the mic. We're not even saying who you are. But who do you think I should play as my final song? As she's thinking. Zolita. Hmm? Zolita. Oh, somebody I don't have in my music collection, of course. Okay. What kind of music is that? Okay. LGBT pop. Okay. Well, we might not get quite to LGBT pop, but I think I've got something fun here for us. It's talking about them just a little bit ago. So, where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? Oh, no, we're not going to go there. There we go. Let's visit some uh, heavy metal rockers from Omaha with the clincher Imperfect Form. <laughs> 